they returned every day at the same time to the same place. A podcast by Martin Spangberg. Episode 10. Liberal Art. There is something inherent in art confirming itself as art. But might there be different strategies or interests? For Marx, the loan shark was a difficult or hated character. Initially, because it wasn't a category easy to include in his theories about production and wage labor, but more important in respect of how abstract value perpetuates abstract value, or rather, loan and rent are technologies, but the one that holds capital always caters for his, her, or their position, so to say, on the backs of others. It is, after all, the entity with resources that set the interest rates. Rent or debt-based economies evidently are through and through performative. If there at all is a product involved, it is only operating as a token. What is important is to control debt, not products or stuff. Liberalism's relations to change can be summarized as benevolent as long as traditions or existing canons are not undermined or attacked. Liberalism announces a grand yes to anything new but only as long as there's no collateral damage or don't touch our history. Liberal perspectives welcome variations on the established, in particular if variation enables new niches, in other words, new markets. But anything that challenges established hegemonies is always met with skepticism, dismissal or scorn. The absolute favorite artist is the one that, so to say, shakes the tree to make sure it's properly rooted, or a proposal whose challenge implies added value to the existing canon. Liberal art is art that confirms itself on the backs of others. It's art that works like a boomerang great device, but the point is to pass value back to the creator, or even to collect value through an elliptic utterance. Liberal art is an art that confirms canons, but more important, it is an art that sets the stakes, where the viewers, spectators, or even reader cannot not confirm the work or proposal, no matter what perspective, or possibly being ridiculed as being stupid or having some sort of retarded idea of art as commodity or art as circulation of human resources. Liberal art is not at all heroic, hypermail or anything self-referential modernism. On the contrary, liberal art is gently cognitive tidy without being minimal or ascetic. 
It's well done art that never pride itself for technical execution or anal choices of material. It's eloquent, but never admirable in the sense of overwhelming, like, oh wow, never. Liberal art is also modest, especially in respect of technical needs, format, and it is never voluptuous, over-the-top loud, or in any respect recalcitrant, rowdy, or God forbid, never, no body fluids. Liberal art positions risk in a very precise way. It's always calculated risk, analyzed with an attitude resembling real estate investment or indeed banking. It's risk only in respect of how much more, never a possible loss. Perhaps one could say that liberal art is art to which risk and insurance is synonymous. Another take is that liberal art always is more about the artist than the art. Not that the artist is extravagant, but in the sense that the value accumulated is accumulated in the artist to a larger degree than in the artwork. The artwork has become a token for the artist's subject, not persona, but the modest and beautiful self of the artist. It is important to make a difference between being in awe and aesthetic experience. Liberal art, in many ways, cancels out the possibility for an experience that is not prescribed or domesticated, and consider it barbaric to celebrate any form of unbound, wild or open-ended experience. For the aesthetic experience, however, To be anything specific, and not simply the same as riding the subway in New York, or for that matter, looking at a web page of some museum showing masterpieces. In order to be anything specific, it must carry the possibility to generate value that is supplementary to the object, to the object on display a value that is contingent to the artwork and ruptures any causality between artwork and value. They returned every day at the same time to the same place. Special thanks to Sidney Barnes, Emilou Rosling and Trista Spangberg for their support and care, Lucas Eiger for proofreading the text, and most of all to Francesca Verga for insisting and patience. Without Francesca's enthusiasm, this project would never have seen the light of day. A special thanks further to Marcella Giesche and Lake Studios Berlin. The project is supported by the Swedish Art Council, Fondartelre Künste, and Distanzen Berlin. The dances and the written versions of the podcast can be found at liu.org, that is L-I-A-U-X.org.